This is the Customer Equity Accelerator. If you are a marketing executive who wants to deliver bottom line impact by identifying and connecting with your revenue generating customers, then this is the show for you. I'm your host, Allison Hartso, CEO of Ambition Data. Every other week, I bring you the leaders behind the customer-centric revolution who share their expert advice. If you're ready to accelerate, then let's go. Welcome, everybody. Today's show is about customer-centric gifting. And to help me discuss this topic is Monica Kochar. Monica is the CEO and co-founder of SmartGift. You might be surprised, but this is one of the sharpest analysis technologies that I've seen when it comes to raw customer-centric power. So I think you're really going to enjoy this show. Monica, welcome. Thank you, Alison. It's great to be here. Tell us a little bit more about your background and how you ended up in the concept of gifting. I grew up in India. I came here from my undergrad. So it's actually behavioral sciences of uh, economics, which is very interesting, especially when you look at gift giving. And then I spent a lot of time in finance. So I was at JP Morgan. I was a trader. So I was trading uh, tech and telecom derivatives. And then I started my first company in the music space, which was also very much geared towards the independent bands and labels. So when you think about them as brands in themselves and how they could understand their audiences better. After that, once we got acquired by the Orchard and then subsequently by Sony, we started SmartGift. And for me, SmartGift was a very interesting time in my life. I had my best friend who was just graduating. She was actually doing a PhD and she was defending her thesis. And at that moment, I was in San Francisco on the West Coast and she was at Mount Sinai in New York. And I remember thinking that we are close friends since undergrad for so many years. She's been through the darkest days of her soul with a PhD. And yet I could not send her anything that was meaningful in any way. And it didn't feel right, given our relationship, to just send her a gift card. But I also wanted to be there in that moment with her. And that's when I started doing all this research around gifting, around the psychology of gifting, around the consumer experience around gifting. And we felt that within that market, which is a massive market, the consumer experience had just not transcended for years. And that was an innovation that was just waiting to be brought into the market for the customer, for brands, etc. I couldn't agree with you more. So how does Smart Gift actually work? Tell us a little bit about what Smart Gift is and how it works. Yeah, absolutely. So if you think about it, Smart Gift is really a gateway for brands and retailers and their customers to be able to transact on when they're buying for other people. So gifting is obviously the most sort of natural, you think about it, the natural funnel of that transaction, but it's beyond that. So we sit on the product display pages of our, of our brand partners, and we take their customers into the funnel when they're not buying for themselves, but they're buying for somebody else. And with that, they can send any product, any item, any experience, if you will, immediately to the recipient by messenger, by text, in any way they communicate. And the recipients can actually they have part of the decision-making within their hands. So they can choose their size. They can choose their color. They can even exchange the item. And all of this happens before it ships. So if you think about sustainability, if you think about return rates, new customer acquisition, even looking at the fact that with every transaction, you immediately and naturally have two or more people within it, just because our framework is a people-to-people exchange. And we give all this data, all these insights back to our brand partners for much more thoughtful merchandising, marketing, and understanding their consumer base. So that's one aspect of Smart Gifts. And then the other aspect is a direct-to-consumer affiliate network that we launched actually not in only a couple of months ago in December. 
And that's really a true gift affiliate marketplace driven by all the data that we have around gift intent, around gift conversion, and where we are across all our brand partners, we have all their merchandise, so over 5 million SKUs, and we help consumers find the perfect gift and deliver it in the perfect way. So I'm going to push on this a little bit because I think some people listening to the show may be like, oh, why should I care about gift technology? It's just a fancy recommendation engine where I just put more product in front of my customers. Is that true or can we underscore some of the things that really make this technology unique? And I did hear you say about reducing the return rate, but I think it's so much more than that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's such a great question, right? So what we see is in this world of promotions, cashback, kind of just this race to discounting. What we see is that what are the other natural ways and purposes for which people are buying, right? And when you can kind of tap into that there are only two transactions, whether you're buying for yourself or you're buying for somebody else. And if you can facilitate that transaction, take out the complexity in it, make it thoughtful, make it delightful, make it experiential, that's really, really powerful, especially because it's probably the only time when you're buying, when you're kind of creating this act of generosity, creating a very big word of mouth recommendation. So gifting is huge, right? Like in terms of word of mouth, I like this product, I endorse this brand and I'm giving it to you. And if you look at all of that, I think what we're seeing is that for every brand, you know, and we work across different brands from Tumi to 100 Flowers to Vineyard Vines, Kendra Scott. So we have pretty much from apparel to gourmet food to fast fashion like Express, Under Armour, et cetera. And what they're all wanting to do is they're all saying, like, how do we tap into the ethos of being more gift-centric? How do we create new customer experiences that are more conversational, that, like, that are more meaningful and more purposeful? But I also think there's some good economics behind here because what strikes me is when you talk about somebody who loves a brand and they want to give it to someone else or they want to give a part of that brand to someone else, it strikes me that that is often a high value customer and businesses in general really want to go after other high value customers, but it's very hard to find them in advertising. If I just put money into Facebook or if I just put money into Instagram or influencers, is this another way to fish for high-value customers and their friends? Absolutely, Alison. So essentially, if you think about the traffic around the gift-giving transaction, if you will, or the exchange, yes, it is. You know, it tends to be the most loyal customers of the brands. Their AOV is also higher because in gifting, you tend to spend more money on somebody else than you would on yourself. It's just this egocentricity of the nature of gifting. And also the purchase frequency, right? So for all the brands, it's like, okay, how do we increase the purchase frequency? And you've bought something for yourself, but there is a birthday, there is an anniversary, there are these evergreen occasions that will come up throughout the year. And those are great ways to take one customer and then to really be able to like multiply their purchase path seven to eight times a year. And they also tend to be more loyal. And then when they're referring you with your product as an endorsement, you're immediately getting a second customer who's going to become equally passionate about your brand. Yes. And that reminds me a little bit of what you told me when we first met. We were talking about Mother's Day versus Valentine's Day. Would you share that story? Because that was really fun. <laughs> yeah, it's funny when you sit in this, on the path that we sit on, the kind of data and the kind of sort of exchanges that you see and the, the behaviors amongst people. So yeah, so what we found is on consistently over the last two years that on Mother's Day, men spend more money than they do on Valentine's Day. 
And that made me think, you know, okay, there's still some hope in the world. Like, I guess men will always be mild. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. And also we've seen some really, really interesting data. So, like, even for, like, one of our brand partners, Tumi, which is one of our earliest brand partners, and they're so innovative in embracing new technology and initiatives, what we found is that, you know, just even in the summer, right, so they have this big affluent parent group that was giving bad tags to their kids who are about to go to college. And before going to college, they were doing a tour in Europe. So, you know, so they were able to, like, go really so deep in hyper, sort of hyper-targeted personalization marketing by understanding the messages, by understanding the behaviors of their customers within their site. So tell me more about that. So let me make sure I understood. So Tumi was using the gifting technology, and they were able to get a sense of the content messaging that resonated? Yeah, exactly. So because we're sitting on, because we're understanding, because we're kind of, you know, we're a conversational platform, right? So very quickly, we're able to see what are the trends emerging, what are the patterns within any month. And for them, every summer, you can see that pattern where people are gifting, are using smart gifts to give backpacks, to give travel luggage to their kids. And these kids are usually off to college. And before going to college, they are spending a month in Europe or they're off or they're going to Brazil or Costa Rica. They're doing this sort of month off. And you can see all of that within the conversation that Smart Gift generates. I think that's a really interesting angle because when we look at just raw analytics, we oftentimes try to combine the qualitative and the quantitative in order to eke out some sense of why this purchase was made. But it's very clear when somebody gifts because they say, oh, here's something to help you on your travel, on your adventure through Europe or whatever. It becomes abundantly clear why that purchase was made. Is that right? Exactly. And also what you see, so speaking about the data trends, right? So on birthdays, uh, we have predominantly seen that when people gift black, right? So let's say I'm giving a black pullover, the recipient whose birthday it is will inevitably choose for a brighter color. Yeah, it's really funny. And that shows the social psychology. Maybe, you know, I wake up, it's my birthday. I'm actually feeling really happy and I feel great. And I want something in yellow and something red and something blue. I don't want black that day. So on birthdays, you will always see, sort of the most part, it's statistically significant that the recipient will go for a color and they will go for their usual gray, brown, black undertones. Well, I wonder if there's a psychology where if I'm buying for myself, I'm trying to get maximum usage out of something. So I buy a color that goes with everything and it would be black or gray or brown. But if somebody else is buying for me, it feels like a splurge. And now I'm going to put a dash of color in my wardrobe. Completely, absolutely. And in corporate gifting, where it's one too many, we do see that the recipients will go for more of the office tones, the navy blues, the dark grays. So you sort of start seeing how people think around different occasions. I know, exactly. Oh, that's fascinating. So are you seeing trends as well around the current pandemic that we have going on? Yeah, it's a great question. And actually, over the last two days, we've been analyzing on our data as well. And it's interesting, right, because in these times of social distancing, remote gift giving is really kind of rooted in the act of generosity. So people are reaching out to each other in the community, in the wider sort of world, if you will, with messages of gratitude and love, big and small. So the three trends that we are seeing right now that we've been able to identify is that, you know, so the first one is thank you. The thank you occasion has for us risen 71%. Wow. Yeah. So it's the fastest sort of growing occasion for us right now in the last two weeks. This is the last two weeks data across all our brand partners. And thank you is going to IT staff. So a lot of messages are, you know, people have been working day and night to support everybody who's about to work from home or is working from home. 
thank you is going to teachers who were still at the schools teaching, even though schools were shutting down, etc., to healthcare staff, to employees, to employers for working hard, for staying safe. So these are all the thank you trends that we're seeing, uh, to doctors and nurses, but really sort of within the community. And then the second one is just because has increased over 31%, and that's going really from very close relatives and close friends. And that's really around, I care for you, I love you, stay safe. And the third one, which I find really heartwarming, is the love and romance. And that's increased by over 14% now. And that's really from partners who are actually stranded internationally right now or in different cities or even close by and they can't see each other. And this is the way they're sort of showing their appreciation and their love and sharing in this moment together. Wow. I wouldn't have thought that was such a big trend, but it really is. It really is. Yeah. I guess there are a lot of people in New York, Boston, I mean, sort of across the country who just can't see each other and they probably were going to see each other on the weekend or they see each other every three weeks. And now that's definitely increasing, and especially with jewelry. The jewelry vertical for love and romance is up by 160%. Really? Yeah, yeah. So based on the information you're seeing, it sounds like there's, through the gratitude side of the equation, retail purchases online aren't slowing down. They're increasing. Would that be fair? I mean, for us, I think generally online purchases have slowed down as people are getting sort of used to setting into their work, sort of new work lives, if you will, and all the disruptions of the last few days of uncertainties. But what we are seeing is that gift purchase conversion is higher. So the gift purchase conversion is up by 9% for the smart gift platform. And I think generally over time, you know, with sort of what's happening and how sort of um, obviously social distancing, but also like how people are kind of starting to behave and the consumer changes that will happen, I do think that online commerce and these way, you know, and this way of gifting is here to stay beyond the pandemic, you know. And, and I think this is a time when retailers and brands, they can be thoughtfully present in their customers' lives, which is not just about online shopping or this is our new spring collection or summer collection, but truly like this is what they're doing. This is what their customers are doing right now. And I think these marketing messages are very strong and they're very, they resonate with their customer base. And I also want to point out that that is a customer driven transaction. And one of the things that has driven me nuts about the retail industry is it's constantly discounting, constantly couponing, buy, 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 new, new, new. And yet this is an emotional transaction driven by the customer. It's a very personal element. So in a way, that loyalty program, that next level that everybody he's been searching for is or could be bundled into gifting. Would you agree with that? Absolutely, 100%. I completely agree with that. And I think there is, you know, so if you think about referrals, loyalty, purchase frequency, customer engagement, uh, new customer acquisition, all of that, and then in a meaningful way, right? Because this transaction is a much more intent-oriented transaction. And as you say, it's not about, oh, I need a new sweater, but it's really like sort of that emotional component within that gift, within the shopping journey that this really is a bundle for loyalty, for, uh, you know, for sort of, you know, for deeper data analysis, for deeper sort of marketing, right? Much more insightful marketing. So it strikes me that if I choose to treat a brand like a friend and I love this brand and I want to share it with my friends and I basically endorse it, that it's very difficult for me to walk away from that brand, that there's kind of this spiraling upward increase of loyalty. Is that true? Yeah, that is absolutely true. And that's what we see. We see that within the gift customer tends to have more purchases throughout the year with the brand. 
So they're definitely much more of a loyal customer, but their purchase frequency is also much higher. Okay. So then my follow-up question there would be, if the brand does something to piss me off, I'm going to take myself out of mix and I'm going to tell all my friends that I previously referred to that brand, hey, you know, that brand's no longer good. So am I also, as a brand, do I need to be extra careful because these people are so powerful that if they walk away or I screw up their orders consistently or I don't give them customer service, that they're going to disappear in a heartbeat and take all their friends with them? I mean, that's forever a dilemma, right? Like, how do you play or how do you position yourself where you're consistently being good and nurturing that customer? And I think for us, we're being, you know, we're very, we can isolate their high value customers and their more sort of gift oriented customers. And I think that's a great way for them to take that customer base and really engage with them, right? Engage with them beyond product, 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 but show them customer service, you know, maybe even like white glove service, right? Throughout the year understand when are those important occasions in their lives? When is this person's birthday? When is their anniversary? What are these occasions that resonate with them? And really, there's so much opportunity to, around those occasions, be there for them more thoughtfully. But this is a real tilt for most companies, especially companies that have been around for a while, to be that truly customer-centric and not just treat the customer well, but treat specific groups of customers really well because of the value and really probably the innovation they represent, all sorts of goodness that they represent. Are you finding that the companies that work with you are transforming the way they think about customers or are they a little more slow to come along and get the idea? That's, uh, you know, it's, I think generally what we have noticed is over the last two and two years, let's say, the conversations are very different than the conversations we were having with brands and retailers, let's say a couple of years back. And now they're all very naturally talking about what are the new customer experiences, facilitations of shopping journey that we can bring to our customers. Where can we be there for them? And they're really sort of naturally talking about it. Like so much of smart business is really inbound inquiries. And I think for them, it is, you know, also brands are saying to themselves, like, how much can discounting and cashback and all of this can I be doing? Yes, it's part of the business, but some it's not even part of the business. So when it is, that's fine, but there have to be more meaningful ways that I can interact with consumers, showcase innovations, and facilitate their shopping journeys that are beyond just shopping for themselves. So one thing we see with Smart Gift, for example, which is very interesting, is that so someone like Express, one of our retail partners or brand partners, you see that a lot, you know, a lot of time parents are actually using Smart Gift to send jeans, to send dresses to their kids because, and it's sort of like, because the parents don't know what the kids will really like, but they know that my daughter needs a pair of jeans. And they're literally using the platform. It's not an occasion. It's not her birthday, but it's become a platform for them to make sure that the purchase they're about to make is safe and it's like it's liked by her that she wants it. Oh, so not just that she wants it, but that it's safe as well. I think that's what I heard you say. Yeah, safe in the sense that I am picking the right thing for you, right? Is this what you want, right? Why don't you choose what you want? Yeah, so it's also that. So it's really also peer-to-peer mechanism of what do you think? Is this what you want? Why don't you customize it, personalize it? I'm laughing because I always wish my mother had had that platform. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it would make things much easier. I agree. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Again, it gets back to your theme of sustainable and you don't have returns coming back, but I think it also makes people feel a little bit more validated that they sent something that was wanted instead of, oh, yeah, I put that in a drawer somewhere. <laughs> it kind of re- reduces unwanted. Yeah, absolutely. 
listening. And right now what you're seeing, which is something you just brought up somehow, is that even right now, especially given the mess where you don't know where anybody's working from, where are people, right? That most gift transactions, people are choosing their own delivery. Because, you know, with Mark Gift, they can choose their own delivery address. So all, you, so all as a sender, all I have to do is just know your name, your email, and your phone number, right? And what you're seeing is that people are definitely choosing completely different delivery addresses than they have before. You're seeing that trend that people are under lockdown, people are at home or working from somewhere remote. So whereas before they might have had it delivered to work or someplace that was, yeah. Exactly. That's one. I think we talked about it last time that we see, you know, and on Valentine's, a lot of men will send bouquets to their partners, you know, their wives, girlfriends, to their home address. And most of these women will change the address to their work address so for them to be delivered. <laughs> well, of course. I don't, you know, if you're going to send me a beautiful bouquet, I want everybody to see it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I want everyone to know that I have an admirer. <laughs> oh, that's great. Are there other examples of interesting trends you've seen? Um, I mean, for us, really, you know, so the kind of that we can capture that we look at are, they're, they tend to be nonlinear. So if you think about a sort of a standardized CRM, Ours is always based around relationships, around occasions, down to the skew level. And so for us, it's all about the two people or more people, what is their relationship, what, what did the gift senders send, what did the recipient, well, what was their preference, down to even like what else would they look at in their accepting journey to an you know, average price point. So we know that for anniversaries tend to be a higher price point than any other occasion. And I think it's probably because it's a you know, much more special, it's once a year occasion. So we get this whole sort of holistic picture of uh, people's shopping journeys, but also their behavior journeys you know, and relationships. And that strikes me that you're probably not using a linear technology behind it, like the typically structured row and column CRM. No, we are not. We cannot because for us, the gift funnel is a very different funnel. And we are always sitting on more than one interaction. So we have to kind of look at it as a whole life cycle, not only of the gift sender, but the gift recipient. Are we able to bring the gift recipient into the life cycle shopping journey of the brand? In which way? What is the occasion? Is it the sender's occasion? Is it the recipient's occasion? So our entire CRM is a much more circular CRM. And does that mean that it needs to be real time or pretty close to real time? Yeah, we have absolutely. We're very transparent with our data. All our brand partners get access to the data in real time. And on top of that, we are always recommending, you know, marketing insights, gifting insights across the trends and across the brands that we're seeing to be able to help them merchandise, market better. This is a great thing. I think this is what's always been missing from most people who distribute to the larger Macy's, Target, Walmart, whatever, or especially Amazon, is you can't get access to the data. You can't get more insights. And I think that's very frustrating. And it's formed this transactional mentality amongst particularly old school retailers. And so as they try to move into more customer-centric thinking, they don't have the right tools. And it's strikes me that this is a really powerful tool for them to think about as they look at how do they increase the relationship with their customer? How do they raise customer equity, if you will? Yeah, absolutely. And how do they transcend beyond the transaction, as you just said, right? Yeah. So what's next for Smart Gift? You've got this great platform. What are you thinking about in the future? Oh, yeah. No, we are really excited about what we're building. We're really excited about by all the retail and brand partners that we have and that we have signed up for 2020. Uh, for us, it's all about growth. We want to supply this to not only to B2B, not only to our retailers and brands, but also to consumers to be really be there for them during their journeys, their shopping journeys in a much more meaningful way. 
And yeah, and grow this out. I think everybody should have a gift strategy and a customer-centric gifting platform. So are you looking at industries that are not just retail, but other industries where maybe I gift reward points or something like that? Exactly. That's exactly what we're also looking at is how do you convert award to reward point into meaningful products, into giving people recipients the choice of converting them before losing them into things that they might actually want. Also looking at industries where it's hard, right? Like ticketing, event ticketing, experiences. We're looking at all of that, even B2B. So if I want to give 50 gifts, but how can you give those 50 gifts, which are unique for each of the you know, each of the recipients, while making sure that they will always get the perfect one that they want, you know, in that moment. Oh, that sounds inspired. I can't wait. <laughs> really good. Yeah, no, I think it's super exciting times. And also just looking at sustainability angle, looking at the sort of, you know, even like looking at the conference world, I mean, right now it's a different world, but generally you just go to conferences and pick up so much swag that you don't need. But imagine with smart fans and smart gifts, it's a much more meaningful sort of way to deliver your brand's ethos, your branding without giving them plastic that they're going to take from Vegas to New York with them, you know? And maybe you don't have to stuff that in your suitcase because I'm probably guilty like everybody else of leaving a certain volume of things in the hotel room. Yeah, exactly. Oh, of course, I think most people do. But I think the whole world, right, is becoming even increasingly clear that we all have to be more thoughtful, whether it's in purchase whether it's in engaging with other people and, and, and thinking about you know, sustainability, right? And I think that's really becoming more and more important to all of us. Very true, Monica, and well said. So let's say I'm convinced and I really want to start thinking about how to make more of an emotional connection with my customers. And I think that gifting might be a right way to think about it. What should I do? You should call Smart Gift. <laughs> You should get a demo request for smartgiftgift.com. And once some, one of our representatives will be there, we'll, we're like, we're happy to help. We're happy to think through gifting strategies, what's resonating with consumers, how do you really develop an entire program around gifting, around loyalty, using referral, using sort of these high-value customers. And we want to help as many retailer brands to succeed. Well, you know, what's interesting about that is most of my guests on the show, the first answer is you need to develop a business use case. But in this case, what you've said is your team will actually help you develop that business use case before you even pull the trigger. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's very important. I think especially with innovations, with customer innovations that are newer, you really want to be there with your brand partners, right? It's not that it's like, hey, this is a new shiny toy, but it's really about, well, what is your brand? What is your consumer base? What are those messages that resonate with your consumers? And how can we really help you become much enhance that engagement, become more customer centric, increase your sort of incrementality in conversion? Increase the goodness of the customer base. You're really increasing what we've always called it was the equity. You're increasing the goodness of the customer base. You've got more customers who love you and want to buy more from you. That's kind of the holy grail. And it seems like you're the grease in the wheels behind that through the gifting strategy. Absolutely. And on top of that, as you say, you keep adding on to it, right? You can add in the loyalty programs within it. So there's like a whole, it's a platform. I mean, it's a platform of goodness. That's true. Yes. All right. So if people want to reach you, what's the best way to get in touch? Absolutely. So people should check out smartgifted.com and there's a request for a demo. They can ask for a demo. It's a very quick setup. So Smart takes between five to seven days to set up, which is for enterprise brands. And for smaller brands, it's even shorter time periods. It's a very easy implementation, customized implementation, and uh, we'd be happy to work, you know, we'd be happy to work through um, people's businesses and uh, help them succeed. Wonderful, Monica. Well, I am sure that many people will check that out. Make sure you get the it on the end. It's not smart gift. It's smartgiftit.com.
Yes, smartgifted.com. Absolutely. As always, links to everything we've discussed are at ambitiondata.com slash podcast, including the link to smartgifted.com. Monica, thank you for joining us today. I really love this strategy and the way you've thought about the technology. I think it's really revolutionary and many companies can benefit from this. It's not like you're just pushing more technology that doesn't think about the long-term picture. You're actually improving their businesses and that is rare. So thank you for doing that. Thank you. And it was so great to talk with you. Really enjoyed it. Remember, everyone, when you use your data effectively, you can build customer equity. It's not magic, just a very specific journey that you can follow to get results. See you next time on the Customer Equity Accelerator.